The following is the production of WEGL 91.1 FM. That ball is gone. It's a walk-off home run for Stephen Williams. WEGL Sports. The Tigers are headed to the College World Series. Where every touchdown of Game. They're not going to keep him off the field tonight. Holy cow. Lives. And welcome to the Extra Point here on WEGL 91.1 FM and WEGLFM.com. Hello, everybody. It is your beautiful, handsome, dashing, stunning, award-winning, talented host, Jared Dillon. And joining me from wherever they may be is Jacob Hillman, Davis Carroll, Jack Hart, and Alex Houston. Alex, we'll start with you first. How are you doing this fine morning? I mean, I'm doing pretty good. Pretty stacked weekend of sports. A lot of crazy things happen, so it's a pretty good weekend. Pretty good. How did Kai Allen treat you on his first time out? And then Alex Smith. Wait, what? I said, how did Kai Allen treat you on his first time out? And then Alex Smith. Um, you know, washed negative six yards of offense in the second half. All right, that sucks. Jack, you're up next. How are you doing this fine morning? I'm doing pretty good, Jared. Uh, it was a pretty loaded weekend of sports and it looks like it's not slowing down anytime soon as uh MLB playoff rolls on and uh college and NFL start to get a little more exciting. We'll see what happens. Davis, how about you? Uh it's alright, but you know I got some beef with Spectrum because we had a power outage on Thursday and my internet has been out since. That's tough. I'm on a hot spot. So oh, I'm about to, okay. I was about to ask how how was this how was this happening, but okay. Well, yeah. I'm sorry about your Call of Duty matches. I know I can't play <laughs> any. It sucks. Oh, you actually have to pay attention now during the show. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'll find yeah. another way to. You can you can play offline yeah. stuff. Just yeah, fire I'll play the game single mode. player. It'll be so much fun. Uh, well, and Jacob, how about you? How are you doing this morning? Doing well. Panthers got a win yesterday. Auburn survived Saturday. And like Alex said, it was a stacked weekend of sports. And that was exciting to watch and pay attention to. There's a lot to break down on today's show. So let's go ahead and jump right into it. First things first, the Los Angeles Lakers are your 2020 NBA champions as they survived the bubble against the Miami Heat, defeating the Heat. 106-93 in Game 6, LeBron James with 28 points, 10 rebounds, or excuse me, 14 rebounds, 10 assists. He was your NBA Finals MVP. The Lakers win their 17th championship, tied for first, and downtown LA was chanting Kobe all night long. It was an end to one of the most dramatic, heart-wrenching, emotional seasons that the NBA has ever seen. And guess what? They got to do it all again in the next couple of months because the NBA will be back in December, barring any other changes that may or may not happen. But the Lakers are your champions. I think most of us knew that uh, the Lakers would eventually prevail. 
a lot of us said five games. The Heat said, we'll do it in six, and they did it in six. So they got two games out of it. But Jimmy Butler and the Heat showed that uh, they're a really good team. I don't know if you saw Eric Spolstra's uh, post-game press conference, but it was very emotional as well. So let's go ahead and start the show just getting opening thoughts on the Lakers championship win. Obviously, it wasn't surprised to see that J.R. Smith was the first person shirtless and uh, the first person to touch the trophy and everything. So I think he's ready uh, to get out the bubble and start partying. Um, I'll let you guys have the floor on the Lakers championship win over the heat. They left Quinn Cook. Well. <laughs> I mean, you saw that, right? You said they left Quinn Cook? What, they, they yeah, leave the, they yeah, leave like, the no, bubble like, without I, him? I, on, on the on the team bus, they left him at the arena. Good, because like because like J.R. Smith has like an Instagram live going, and Quinn Cook says make a U turn. It's like all right, I guess I got to walk after winning my first, winning a ring or something like that. Why does like every time something up. like this happens, somebody gets left? Because it's chaos. I mean, you saw how well they were going in the locker room. I guess Kyle what... Kuzma was was. <laughs> very drunk while he was doing his press conference. Oh, that's all right. If I, if I won a championship, I'd be, very, I'd, be, I'd be not in the right mind either is the way I'll put that. Uh, for the Lakers, the 17th championship, doing it in one of the most unprecedented years in NBA history. Uh, I mean, we can argue all day about whether LeBron actually deserved the NBA Finals MVP. I mean, I don't really care. Give it to him. Uh, and you know the 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 crazy thing is at when they interviewed him on the court, obviously, um, in front of everybody, uh, the the one quote that jumped out, he just said, "quote I just want my damn respect," and a just a question because I mean I feel like he's right, but did he already have said respect that he's looking for, or did he earn it last night? He didn't earn it last night because. Last night, you know, the the argument last night or for this season is, oh, it's an asterisk season, bubble, no home court advantage, yada, yada, yada. You know, he didn't have to go through Giannis. He didn't have to go through the Clippers. You know, he, he went through teams that you didn't expect him to have to go through. So I wouldn't say he earned any – you know, the people that didn't respect him didn't – did not – start respecting him because of what happened this season. Davis, what do you think about LeBron's statement? The one that he deserves respect? Yes. Well, I think he does to some extent. And uh, I am now taking more into consideration if he's the GOAT or not. But I will say that this was kind of an easy team. And down the line, now people are going to say LeBron played scrubs. He played plumbers, and they're going to look at this team. That's true. I mean, you know, you always see the pictures of uh, players from Jordan's era, and, you know, there's obviously the plumbers and the scrubs argument. And then, you know, you've got that starting lineup picture where it's Jimmy Butler and then, like, who else was it? It was Duncan Robinson, Tyler Hero. Myers Leonard and Jay Crowder. Oh, yeah, Miles. Yeah. So, I mean. It it seemed like in the beginning of the series, people were praising the Heat for how young they were and how talented and – how they built through the draft and had all these young players. So why did that change? Once well, you know, back in the day, they probably praised the Jazz for being a good team, but now looking back at it, everybody says they're bums. Yeah, I mean, Jared, that's how it works. You know, 
because they forget who those players were that they were actually decent. Nobody's going to remember who Myers Leonard is in 20 years. Exactly. Nobody's going to remember what the Nuggets did, even though they were in the conference championship, right? Exactly. It's, it's the, the same thing applies for all of them, you know. People, you know, it's like you look at revisionist history, the peak of it is, you know, Jordan's first championship against the Lakers. Everybody now will say, oh, you know, the Lakers were old, even though that was Magic's best season of his career was that season. You know, nobody seems to remember that. It's the same thing applies. It's, it's, always, it's always like that. It's always, you know, oh, they should win. But then the second that they don't, it's like, oh, well, you know, they never see the chance, yada, yada, yada. That's just how it works. And, I mean, that's how people are going to say it. And it's just, yeah, I mean, and as for him getting respect, I mean, the people that don't respect him yet are never going to. Because when in doubt, this season gets a bit of an asterisk if you really want to give it one. And nobody on there, nobody that – does not respect Lon is ever going to forget 2011 when he scored eight points in the four, in an entire game against the Dallas Mavericks. So, no matter, I don't think there's anything he can do at this point. Which, I think he has a hard time accepting that at some points because I think he wants to be universally praised. Because again, for all the hatred, it was a global loved. The only people that didn't love him were the people that you know he beat. And I think LeBron has been going after that for a while and has not really been able to accept the villain role because he did when he was in Miami. I think he hoped it would, you know, end. It hasn't. For one of the most popular athletes in the world, he does receive a lot of hate. Yeah. And, like, you know, you've got the Messi's and Ronaldo's that might be a little more play, but the only hate for them is from the other side, you know, Messi versus Ronaldo, whereas LeBron – does get a lot more hate than other athletes. I mean, I guess a, a comparison would be Tom Brady. And I don't think Brady even gets the hate that LeBron gets. Yeah. I mean, w- when he went to join Miami in 2010, he very much took on this sort of villain of the NBA role. I mean, he embraced it at the time, but I think he expected it was like a temporary thing. I think he expected that after the fact, he'd be able to just, you know, because when he was in Cleveland, nobody really hated him in Cleveland that first then. Because, I mean, again, it was hard to hate a guy who was on some awful team and he carried them that far. But I think he expected it to, you know, revert back to that. And it never has. I don't think it ever will. Because, you know, he says a lot of controversial things. And a lot of people are very protective of Jordan. And, well, LeBron is Jordan's biggest threat, I guess. So, I think he's very much going to be – no matter how many championships he wins – he will be stuck in roughly the same spot, which he shouldn't care about it because, I mean, again, every athlete's got their haters, and that's that's part of it, you know. And, I mean, who cares what they think? But what I also think he secretly cares a lot more about it than he probably lets on to. Like, I, he talked about – somebody asked him about that, and he said, at the end of the day, everybody's going to go back to their same old miserable lives or whatever – his haters in that. And like, that was tough, but how he wants his respect. So I think he still somewhat cares about those people. Maybe. Yeah. Uh, just looking at, I know this is really early, and by really early, I mean we're less than 12 hours out. But looking at the 2021 NBA championship odds, the Lakers obviously do lead the way. Uh, in second place is the Clippers. Uh, putting a lot of stock in the Clippers, I guess, reloading and 
kind of shooting out of the gate. Uh, following them are the Bucks, Warriors, and Nets to round out the top five. So those are your 2021 NBA championship odds. And what – we don't know what that season's going to look like, but hopefully it's a little bit more normal than what this past season was. It'll probably uh, be – go ahead, Jacob. I, know, I, I was going to say, I know that Adam Silver wants fans at games, and he said he's willing to push the season back a little more if that's what it takes to get fans there. So now, do you mean like see when it starts? Because did he mean like full capacity fans or like I don't I don't limited think so. fans. Okay, I'm thinking limited fans. I don't, I don't think that's honestly I don't think that's a you know a possibility reality yeah. in the near future. Unless you're in Florida, apparently. True. We'll talk about Florida in a second, and that crazy Dan Mullen needs to get off his high horse. Yep. But uh, um, I mean the way the NBA. First of all. Let's congratulate the NBA on their bubble because they had zero positive tests, even though Lou Williams tried to get them some wings and Daniel House was doing some things that was probably not a good idea. Uh, Zero positive tests. I mean, congratulations to the NBA. And I can't say it enough. The NHL deserves all the praise, too. When we look back at it, they won't because remember, they're they're, they're the number four sport in the United States, right? And they were in Canada. They're number five. Who's, Who's in front of them? College football. No, you're right. Heck, put college basketball in front of them while you're at it as well. I mean, if we're gonna, if we're gonna go down that road, mm. uh, college baseball in front of it too. All right, calm down, calm down, calm down, calm down. Oh, now you're I'm just saying, if we're gonna get all ticky tacky about it, I mean, let's just get as ticky tacky about. I mean, I've, I've seen the ratings for swimming and diving events, and, but. Hockey, well, well, when we look back at 10, 15 years about what happened during this during 2020, the NBA will get praised, but the hockey will be pushed on the, on the back burner. They deserve all the praise as well for how well they handled the situation. Yeah. I mean, they, they left the country to do it. So, I mean, I, I think that tells you a lot about how much they, uh, you know, took that not, into account. Not to mention, I think the NBA has given certain leagues a, you know... A blueprint? A blueprint for how to do it. Like, for example, how... The NCAA can handle the uh, mar- handle March Madness. I mean, and uh, all these uh, early season tournaments that yeah. even I know that Auburn is in. I think I saw the other day the Auburn's matchup with Gonzaga. Yeah. God help us. Yeah. Uh, so when's tip off? That's what I'm saying. When is tip off? They said what, what, is it late November that they're going to try to tip off. It's going to be that tournament might be like the first two days, like the 25th, the day the season tips off. Oh, good. Uh, I'll need something Auburn uh, when that when that season tips off. Uh, so let's go ahead and segue from the Lakers and their bubble to Auburn football and uh, getting a bubble burst because Auburn beat Arkansas by a score of 30, uh, 30 to 28 on a game-winning field goal by Anders Carlson. Uh, but uh, the... Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know really where to start with this game. So let's let's look at the positive, which is Tank Bigsby, and Tank. how great of a running back he's going to be. It, I mean, I would say it already is. I mean, we we saw the improvement from literally the first three weeks. Just week one, limited. You know, did okay. Yeah. Week two against Georgia, he was a leading receiver, and I mean, he showed a little bit of what he showed on Saturday, and then of course on Saturday just absolutely opened it up and playing harder than anyone else on the field 
and really solidifying himself as the feature back in the Auburn offense. I love watching him. And I think everyone else does too, just because of the way he is very difficult to take down. And I don't think that's just an Arkansas thing. I don't think he, I think he's going to run the same way he runs against Arkansas. He's going to run the same way against South Carolina. So he's going to run the same way against LSU. It'll be interesting to see how the offense evolves around him, because I think that's what's got to happen. I think it's got to be uh, Tank Bigsby front and center of his offense. Tank Bigsby had four receptions for 16 yards out of the backfield, but the big story came on the ground, 20 carries, 146 yards. His longest run was 26. Although he did not have a touchdown, it didn't really matter. And when you average seven yards a carry, you're going to carry that offense. And, you know, give a shout-out to, to DJ Williams. He had eight carries for 71 yards and had about nine yards of carry. Uh, when Tank needed a what when Tank needed a breather, DJ Williams came in clutch, and so I think Auburn has a great uh, one-two combo punch with those two. I mean, it, it sucks that Sean Shivers, who had that big moment against Alabama, and he got hurt in the beginning of the season, is kind of probably gonna find himself in a limited role uh, because of how well those two are doing. But I mean, Auburn's always been a, a school that you know produces all these running backs that. Uh, that always takes center stage, and uh, it's a hard it's a hard room to win. Uh, and when your when your ticket is you know called, you got to step up to the plate, and that's what Tank Bigsby and into another effect DJ Williams is doing. So, yeah. I definitely think that there's a, still a role for Shivers, though. Oh yeah, and there should be because I mean, you know, your alternative is if you don't run it with any of those three guys, you're asking Bo to step back on an offensive line that. Is incapable of giving him the time to throw. So honestly, just keep running the ball. Oh, wait, wait, wait. We're still on the. We're still on the. Let's name the good things. Right. Positive. I know the positives. And believe me, Tank Bigby's his big positive that he can compensate for the offensive lines and aptitude. So it all works out great. Uh, positives. Positives. Oh no, I mean no. Make no mistake about it. As I'm watching that game unfold, I'm I'm talking I'm talking to my friends. And I'm telling you, I mean, you know, you you start out and you're like, oh, Tank Bigby's going to be really good. Like you think he's going to be really good. You know, he's a freshman, and that's just how it works. Then as the game goes on, you're like, no, he's not going to be really good. He is. And that's because, I mean, let's, I mean, we haven't had really consistent running back play since 2017, I would say. I mean, because even, even Whitlow, as great as he was, he had his fair share of issues specifically fumbling the football. We all know that, I think. And I mean, Bixby, it, he just, he finds a way to just fall forward and gain extra yards. And it just, like, I remember um, specific play. I couldn't tell you when it was. I just remember it was like it was like second and long, and Bo just had to check it down to Bigsby like behind the line of scrimmage. And it's like, okay, there's three Arkansas players in front of him. I expect him to get three, four yards here. And he breaks two or three tackles and gets like nine yards on that play alone. And that's just the kind of difference maker stuff that he provides because he can turn plays that are relatively nothing into something and just move the offense forward a bit. And I think that's his best attribute in my opinion. Yeah, I mean, he, he is 110% from snap to whistle yeah, exactly. every single play. And, you know, you, you can say that. But when you watch Tank, you're kind of just in awe, like how he makes something out of nothing, yeah. how he turns something into a massive gain. It, it's just what you expect from him. Go ahead and, you know, raise his expectations on that play because he might he's going to break a tackle or two 
they I will say they they need to start incorporating him into the passing game because he's clearly I think Auburn's best player in the open field just because of the they, fact that he can just get those extra yards and just make people miss, which I don't think Auburn really has that with anybody else. They've got fast. They guys. did. Got they it. did do that against Georgia. Yeah. And I think I mean I think it'll continue, especially if the offense struggles again like they did against Georgia. Tank will be relied on more. Uh, another positive, which I'm not sure if anybody's talked about yet, but Schwartz had his best game as an Auburn Tiger. 10 receptions, 100 yards, and a touchdown. And halfway through that game, I was thinking to myself, halfway through the game, all Schwartz was doing was the dink and dunks, the swing passes, and stuff like that. And I was like, man, I was thinking to myself at halftime of that game. I was like, if Schwartz was in the Big 12 or the Big 10, he'd be a first-round wide receiver. But he's this gadget player at Auburn, and he'll never break out. And then the second half, finally, uh, he started breaking open, and they started finding him increases and things like that. Uh, I still stand by that if he was in any oh, other conference, yeah. he's he's a first-round pick. But if George was in the Big 12, he'd be a Heisman candidate, to be honest. I mean, seriously. Because, I, I mean, mean we've, seen what, we've seen what they've done with the likes of Tyreek Hill and Hollywood Brown. I mean, it's, you know, it's very – and, again, you can see it in Bama because – at a certain point, their receivers are all talented, but they just utilize the fact that they're faster than anybody else, which Schwartz is. Like, I, I, I would need to go back and watch the actual game, like watching downfield. But how many times does Schwartz just streak downfield and let's just throw him the ball? Because I feel like it's it's not as often as I would like. Yeah. And I would say, you know, it's, it's a very frustrating because we've seen with this offense and with Gus, he's very much about setting things up. Like, you know, they'll just do ridiculous runs up the middle constantly just to set up a play action pass. They'll do it. And sometimes it works, sometimes it doesn't. But for Manor speaking, just if you send Swartz deep three or four times a game, you complete it once, you may miss it twice, but that has to keep the defense honest. Then when you send him deep again, they may send a safety or another guy at him, which leaves the middle of the field more open. And that's just should do, and they don't. You know what? Okay, I'm done talking about the positives. Let's yeah. let's get into the real crux of this game. All right. Okay. Auburn was trailing 28-27 late in that game. Bo Nix engineered a drive downfield and to set Auburn up in field goal position. He needed to spike the ball in order to stop the clock, and he did. He did. Uh, but it was a backward spike. One uh, that the ball bounced around. Uh, Arkansas fell on it, but that was before, or that was after a referee blew the play dead. The play went under review. They said, yeah, it's intentional grounding, penalty on Auburn, but it's not a clear recovery by Arkansas. Auburn keeps the ball. Uh, I was scared for my life uh, up inside the the, uh, the TV booth, uh, sitting next to the Arkansas coaches, but that's neither here nor there. And then Auburn kicks a game-winning field goal. Situation was so dire, the SEC released a statement on the game, and uh, quite frankly, yeah, that probably should have been a recovery by Arkansas, and uh, uh, Arkansas probably should have walked away with that win, uh, because the way Auburn played, a lot of fans feel as though Auburn uh, didn't deserve that win, and I can't say I don't disagree with that statement. Uh... So it was a, a a pretty mediocre showing, I'll say that, uh, from Auburn football against Arkansas. I don't think anybody will deny that. 
What are their reactions from Auburn's close game against Arkansas? I will let the, all of you breathe right now. Breathe. One thing I'll say about the spike is that I that's the reason the rules in place the way it is about the whistle and the immediate recovery is because we kind of don't know what would have happened. Yeah. With with the recovery, because I kind of think that Auburn might have recovered like Shedrick Jackson might have recovered the ball if it weren't for the whistle being blown. Maybe not. We That's the thing we don't know. We don't know what would have happened if it weren't for the whistle being blown. So it, it is unfortunate that the game ended that way. I wouldn't say ended that way, but that that was a major play in in the game that helped Auburn win. Um, what, what I'll say is bonus got to be a little more – aware and he can't because you know when he fumbled the snap he got ticked off and he was immediately turning to the ref and you can't do that you, you just gotta stay with it but um other than that thoughts about the win i mean the offensive line and the defensive line the defensive line at least got pass rush but other than that i just it's hard to see i haven't seen many improvements and yeah. i don't know when we will yeah uh Credit to the defense. I mean, they were missing some key players. Obviously, we know that KJ we know KJ Britt's out for indefinite period of time after he had surgery on his thumb or his hand. Uh, Big Cat, I don't even think played on Saturday. Uh, He he was out. I think Jalen Simpson was in the way they described it. He was available in an emergency. Yeah, he was available in an emergency. Is the way they described it. So. I haven't even checked the the snap count for all the players. I don't think he even got in the game, as far as I know. Uh, so, I mean, Auburn. I mean, those are three big players for Auburn, and none of them played. Uh, but I mean, just because you're out big players, I mean, you're Auburn. You're you're Auburn. Your defense has been renowned for the last couple of years, and now you've seen Kentucky, Georgia, and to an extent, I say to an extent, no, you did see Arkansas. Uh, kind of have their way with with Auburn's defense so far, um, and that's something that we're not really used to. Is uh, Auburn's defense kind of being a, I don't say a liability, but I'm not. Every time Auburn defense takes the field, it's not oh let's get his three and out stop or you know let's limit them to one first down. It's how's this team how's this team gonna go down the field and score on us this time? Because uh, it, it seemed like that's what Arkansas was doing. Uh, it seemed like a good game in the beginning, seventeen to nothing. It seemed like uh, we were on our way to a route, and then I guess the rain started falling and things changed. Uh, Davis, I'll go to you next. Auburn's win against Arkansas. How you feeling well, about it? I'm glad we won, but I wasn't happy with the game leading up to it. Offensive wise, I was happy with the run game. Pass game kind of struggled to begin with. Kind of. I feel like we can do better on that. But the defense, as you were just saying, I I think uh, – I'm not sure if it's lack of talent or – I'm not going to say lack of coaching because we know Kevin Steele can coach pretty well. But recently they just – they're just getting through the gaps and they're getting long runs on us. And this, like, screen pass, everything's just kind of killing us. Even passes downfield were killing us. I'm not really sure what to do about it or if we're going to be able to patch it up anytime soon. I think it's just 
a lack of experienced talent is pretty much what it what it comes down to at the end of the day. Auburn got the athletes to do it. It's just yeah. you lost a decent amount uh, to graduation in the draft, and then you lost a decent amount to injuries, naming off Simpson, Britt, Bryant. And uh, you're playing with guys that haven't seen a lot of snaps, and they're constantly learning. The defense, thankfully, should get better throughout the season. Here, That's the hope. Well, we're we're looking like line. a Big 12 defense right now, so I'm hoping so. Well. Well, that's oh, that's, that's that's the that's the basement. That means it's anywhere but up from here. That's just ridiculous. Is it though, Auburn's Alex? Defense. Did you see? Yes. Did you see the easy runs that got through our defense? No, Davis. What I saw was the rest of the an actual Big Twelve defense. The Auburn defense played a bad game by comparison to say the Auburn defense of the last four years. But to say quote a Big Twelve defense is hyperbolic. You act like you're not hyperbolic. No, as the CEO of being hyperbolic, I'm aware when it occurs. And what you said was, in fact, that. Yeah, I know. This is the first Auburn's time they've defense. allowed – I mean, what, how many times have they allowed 30 points in the last four years? They didn't allow 30 points again. They're still – heck, they only allowed 28 for that matter. But the point is – That's that, 30. I mean, Count I really that as 30. That's two points away. Yeah, round that up. I didn't – Come have. on, brother. Don't – well, they didn't allow 30 because they only actually allowed 29 points. Our no, defense no, no, is still the best in the country. Davis, Get that, that out of my face. Get that out of my face. We did not play good on Davis, defense. The point still stands. They're not a Big 12 defense. The, my point was that our defense does not look good right now. That's fair. Oh, my God. Uh, Auburn is not sponsored by Dr. Pepper like the Big 12 is. You're right. You're yeah, right. That, that, is, that, is, that is Get Dr. Pepper out of here. Jack. Stop hating on Dr. Pepper. No. Jack. Auburn against Arkansas. Really liked going up seventeen to nothing. That, that was a, a good. It, it was a it was a welcome change to uh, the Auburn of the past few years. Um, but in, in true Auburn fashion, they, they Arkansas was allowed back in it. And I think in terms of the rushing game, I don't I don't know exactly the optics of how this was working, but it seemed to me that because of the rain, there were enormous holes for for both running backs. So as as much as I I, I want to consider this game to its full extent. I, I I can't take this game offensively as seriously as I'd like to because of how limiting the rain was for both offenses uh, in terms of play calling ability. Um, Auburn probably wasn't able to call as many uh, both downfield and to the middle passes they'd like to. There was probably a lot of just draw plays growing up. Uh, I think you guys kind of realized that the swing passes weren't working in the rain and that the – the I think if Gus had continued to run the ball as effectively as they were doing, went up 17 nothing, this game wouldn't have gotten as close for comfort as it ended up being. But when you look at Auburn's defense, I think they were playing cat and mouse with the momentum the entire game. Uh, after going up 17 to nothing, they did allow Arkansas two drives – and I mean that, that's all you need. I mean, it, Auburn dominated the game, but they allowed Arkansas to have maybe five good minutes in that first half uh, to go down and score two touchdowns in the second quarter. Um, and we'll all be thankful about that. The rain for that missed extra point because that kind of flipped the scoring on its head. But in terms of going into the second half, it seemed that Auburn's offense 
slowed down and went back to the swing pass in a way that wasn't effective uh, when running the ball was. Um, I mean, Seth Williams, obviously, he played his heart out, and he always will, but he can't catch the ball in every play. So uh, I think maybe the worst defensive play was the 30-yard the touchdown pass from Arkansas. I don't, you can't let that happen. I, I don't, that was probably the worst moment of the game, I think. But other than that, the serviceable game, I think the offense should have scored a lot more. I think maybe two of these field goals they had to kick for six. Alex, I feel like you have a lot to say, especially uh, I mean, covering when do I not have a lot to say, Jared? Oh, lay That's it on me. Unfortunately. Um, yeah. Okay. So, I'll admit, maybe I was a little wrong. The defense now play a great game, but it's difficult for me to look at this objectively just because at the end of the day, the offense has had how many years to figure it out and just, you know, because the defense has, for the last four years, have been a defense that can win them football games. Now, I don't think this defense is a defense that can win Auburn a game. I think it's a team that will not lose them a lot of games. I think the, it'll give the offense opportunities, but this is definitely not a t- defense that can win the team games. But at the end of the day, I mean, the offense is the same that it that it was. You know, after Kentucky, we're like, oh man, the Chad Morris offense looks brand new. At this at this at this game, I didn't really see anything that made me say, okay, this is different from the year before. And then Gus comes out and like, I haven't called the play all year. Well, it looked the same. I mean, you've got you've got ineptitude in the red zone over the last two weeks, especially this week when their plays were a fade to Seth Williams, despite the fact that they were running the ball down the field about as efficiently as they have all year, and especially as they have the last two years for that matter. Then they run a jet sweep to Schwartz again, despite the fact that nobody on Arkansas's roster could stop Tanks Bigsby at the line of scrimmage because nobody had. And then they, I don't remember what they ran again, and it just – I don't understand why – the offense looks exactly the same to me because it's a lot of the same plays from the same playbook, which makes me wonder exactly what is going on. They're using the same playbook, just a different person. No, I mean, really. It's just Gus's playbook in Jack Morris's hands. I mean, you've got, of course, the sugar huddle, which works once every, you know, decade at this point. Mm, Sugar huddle. And you've got, of course, my favorite play of all time, the one where Bo and the running back run to the right just for Bo to hand the ball back off to the left, which never works ever. And it made me annoyed because Arkansas ran it three times and it worked. So I'm really wondering how Auburn can't get it to work, but that's beside the point. I just – it looks the same to me. And, again, there's, of course, the fact that they just refuse to throw it in the middle of the field. Auburn don't know what slants are. I mean, no, they, they really don't. They just don't throw the ball in the middle of the field ever. And I don't understand why they don't, because it's worked when they do it, and they just don't do it. And I, it's, it's, frustrating. it's just frustrating because this team, once again, has the talent, and they just, you know, they, they do four wide receiver sets, and one of their wide receivers is Shanker, who they have him out there to block, even though he can't block. So I'm not really sure what his purpose on the field is, but that's beside the point. I let JJ Peggy's throw the ball. Honestly. I mean, honestly, they, no, they ran that wildcat twice. It worked the first time. The second time, it was a horrendous snap by Nick Brown. They're like, nope, not going to run it again, despite the fact that it works in short yarded situations. In heck, it worked on first and 10. 
And to, to be to be fair, I'm okay with not with the way Tank was running. Oh, I think it was absolutely. okay just to keep feeding Tank. Absolutely, I'm fine with that. But if like you know, like if you're gonna run the sweep with Schwartz, why not run it with you know JJ? Because most teams are afraid that he's gonna run up the middle. That's probably right. where the sweep would work its best. Because again, you know, that's. But again, they, I don't know. I feel the pain. Don't worry. It's just it's so frustrating because again, you know, I I I like I can't be mad at the defense. I can't be mad at Kevin Steele after everything that's happened in the last four years. Like I just I'm like, you know what? If you're not as great as you were the last four years, if you're an average defense now, I can't I can't be upset because the offense still has opportunities and they still faltered twice. When the Auburn Empire falls, when Rome eventually falls, it won't be the defense that would be the discussion behind it. Exactly. Auburn, Auburn had good defenses. Exactly. Auburn had national championship defenses. Yeah, I mean, they, no, they, nobody's going to dispute they that. They had one in 2018. They had one in 2016, for that matter. Yeah. But when Auburn had a great defense, the offense wasn't there. When Auburn had a great offense, the defense just kind of was just. It wasn't even the defense wasn't there. It was just they just weren't as good as other Auburn defenses. Still good, yeah, exactly. just not as good as other Auburn defenses. They weren't the Auburn level. And then I mean, it, the one day that both of them are not good, well, that's probably when the Empire does fall. That's called 2012 for you. I mean, wow. really. And then obviously, it's not, I'm, not saying, it's, I'm not saying we're going towards that level of bad because we aren't, but like that's just the most recent example where top to bottom the team is awful. Well, I, 2015. What? 2015. The defense was good then. I wouldn't say it was good. It was, it was serviceable. I mean, they – what is it? They – I thought they were well, okay. I might have to look back at it, but I recall them being relatively good. I mean, they the defense won over a few games that year, but they. I mean, for me, it's different. I, you might be you might be saying bad, bad. If you're comparing it to 2012, oh, and yeah. that wouldn't be fair to call 2015 defense like that. Okay, I just oh. remember it was like Muschamp's first year, and like comparatively to like 2014, the defense was significantly better because in 2014 and 2013 defenses were yeah. just horrendous. Well, and I mean, honestly, even in 2015, despite the fact they weren't great, the offense also left them out to dry pretty much the entirety of the season at that point because, I mean, it was that was that was three and out offense where Gus would just have Gadget, Chandler Cox, Wildcat, and it's like, what's happening? Well, Auburn is two and one. I think it's safe to say that uh, I don't think any of us will guess Auburn's record correctly at the end of the season because I don't think Wait, any of us I mean, you can't really. Because... I'm saying favorite, five five. They're favored by three against South Carolina. I think that's all you really need to I know. Mean, I'm Jared. I'm sure you'll use this to segue into the other SEC games, but we really don't know what's going on with every other SEC team, considering what we saw in the around the country. Uh, this past Saturday. That's true. That's fair. Uh, and that was the segue into the rest of SEC football. Some scores from around the league. Alabama, 63. Ole Miss, 48. That wasn't college basketball. That was an actual football game that happened. And uh, it's funny because the same day Auburn ran the promo inside the stadium of, hey, remember 2010 Auburn-Arkansas, the most high-scoring game in SEC history? Yeah, not anymore. It is now Ole Miss, Alabama, 2020. Georgia defeated Tennessee 44-21 to after uh, kind of a back-and-forth opening between both teams. Georgia took I mean, the lead. And was never winning at halftime. Yeah. And got blanked in the second half. 
Texas A&M. See, I, I, I told you guys, if, if there was a game on the docket that was going to be close for no no matter what the reason was, it was going to be this game. And um, Kyle Trask is still going to win the Heisman. Hey, I love it. Kyle Trask Heisman. But I, I'm going to take this time to say that the Hellman curse is now transcending airwaves. And the moment you said that, Florida was doomed. And I should have knew that. I should have knew that. didn't do anything wrong. He didn't do anything wrong, but the team... Actually, this, this is a great... If, if anybody has time to look this up, look it up. When was the last time a Heisman winner won the Heisman and his team wasn't in at least a New Year's Six Bowl? Oh, uh, Lamar Jackson. What what game did he play in? Did, was he not in New Year's Six? No, they were like 94. Okay. Because... Wait, I think they played in the Music City Bowl that year. Yeah, I thought they were pretty average. Because it, it dawned on me, I was like, man, even if you were, the, even if you were the actual best player in the, in college football, if your team doesn't make it to New Year's Six, I mean, your odds go down dramatically. Oh yeah, I mean, and it, so yeah, it's very, correct. in a season where like it's very volatile and you don't know where your team's going to end up, some people like your Kyle Trask, who is playing like a Heisman contender, may not end up in New York because for whatever reason, Florida dropped three games because they lost to A&M for whatever reason, even though Trask plays out of his mind. Or which is, which is on sad. the West Coast. They have to watch your games. That's true. That's also true. I mean, it is it is very difficult to win the Heisman if you're not on, like, a great team because you have to be undisputed best. Like, you know, RG3 won it because five games into the season, he had more touchdowns than he had incompletions. And, like... That was a crazy thing at that point. And also that win over Oklahoma basically cemented it. But for Trask, I mean... Rest in peace, RG3. What? Nothing. Oh. For Trask, I mean, he's going to have to beat Georgia. He's going to have to beat Georgia handily. He's going to have to look good. You know, he can't, you know, throw 250 yards and a touchdown. He's got to be good, and he's got to be the reason Florida beats Georgia at this point. Yeah, the East is, uh, the East is a toss-up right now because, uh, yeah. you know... Even though, yeah, it's, it's Florida, Georgia, right? Uh, I mean, Tennessee showed a good first half. You got to play four quarters. But Tennessee's up there. Uh, Missouri getting ready to gun down somebody else. Yeah, I, I don't want to see Missouri, but yeah, Missouri's up there too. Yeah. Um, speaking of Missouri, they defeated LSU 45-41 to in a home game for LSU at Missouri due to Hurricane Delta. But uh, Mizzou, it knocked LSU out of the top 25 for the first time in, what, 93, 96 weeks, something like that. Uh, yeah. a, a big win for Missouri in that young program. Uh, even though, if it, you know, even if LSU turns out not to be good that this year, right, it's still a big win for the program because they, they needed a kind of a boost, and this is how they got it. South Carolina beat up on the Nerds 41-7, to and then Kentucky – held Mississippi State to a dreaded two points, but they scored 24, so it was okay. And uh, Kentucky uh, got into the win column as Mississippi State went from on top of the world to, yeah. what was the Mike Leach quote that he said in the post-game press conference? The roster dude, purge. Yeah, the dude literally was talking about, like, the roster may need a purge of malcontents. Like, that's some dictator stuff he he was talking about. Yeah, he's, he's, he's certifiably crazy. Like I like, 
the, he's always said crazy stuff and like he's always held his players to ridiculously high. Like I remember the amount of times he said stuff like that after Washington State games. Like that's just that's Mike Leach. I also, mean, or what about you know the Texas Tech incident? Wait, I'm talking about Texas, Texas Tech, the Tech. football program, or Texas Tech Mike Leach incident? He he made it. He like locked the player in his shed. Oh yeah, was that Mike Leach? Yeah. I thought it was somebody else. Yeah, it was like <laughs> yeah, uh, Craig James' son. Yeah, I yeah. That. No, I do remember that. For some reason, I thought it was a different coach. But is is KJ Costello basically just like uh, fits magic on the Bucks just on steroids? Because like you yeah. Know, three games with the best quarterback in football and then you know it's like wait a minute Kendrick Costello was the best quarterback in the SEC for you know five seconds well it was against LSU that's true but and you know I think that's a fair point I mean he comes out and throws what in the past two weeks he's thrown seven interceptions I believe so yeah maybe two two pick sixes KJ Costello's roller coaster went the same trajectory as Khalil Tate did when Kevin Sumlin got there oh don't remind uh, me. That's, of that. that's how fast that thing tanks. So fast, it, it tanks so fast. Every time I'm, every time I think of Khalil Tate with Kevin Sumlin, I just get sad. Well, what could have been? Exactly. I will say, um, based on everything that's happened, say a prayer for the Auburn offensive coach LSU. Because if they struggle against LSU, I mean, I. I don't know, but if they if they struggle against LSU and Ole Miss, I think there it could get rather what's the word hostile because nobody is struggling against Ole Miss and LSU. I don't think anybody will except for Vanderbilt. So, I mean, yeah. I think these two games coming up are very. I mean, you know, if you if, if Ole Miss scores seventy on you, that's not as concerning if you don't score like forty on them. You know, because I mean, we, when when I was watching that Ole Miss Bama game, I'm like. Ole Miss cannot afford to keep a field goal because their defense will not stop Alabama, and they they didn't. So, <sighs> but as far as the SEC goes, kind of what, what the big takeaways from the weekend was, like Jack said, we don't know how the that season shake out anymore. I mean, it's it is no man's land right now. I mean, yeah, you got Georgia, Florida, and Tennessee, pretty much all, you know, fighting for the East and in the West, it's. Alabama A&M and Auburn for now. Uh, I say that, you know, very, you know, be careful. Uh, And that's for a lot of conferences. Don't think this is just an SEC thing. Uh, It it seems like every conference is unstable except for the ACC, which is still unstable, but they were always just Clemson and everybody else. So... And every time I mention every time I mention Auburn, my internet keeps saying it's un, uh, it's unstable. So I think we need to stop talking about Auburn because I don't think so is the Alabama Georgia game is it in Athens or is it in Tuscaloosa? Tuscaloosa. Yeah. Let the fans in. Yeah. I mean, capacity I crowd. This is I bigger than the virus. Alabama Georgia is the big game this week. I know game day is going there, and that is also the extra point game of the week. Uh, speaking of college pick'em, uh, updated standings. I lead the way at thirty-three and seventeen. Davis is tied at second at thirty-one and nineteen. Alex and no Bay is actually in third place. I never switched it around at thirty-one and nineteen. Alex is in fourth place at thirty and twenty. 
Jacob is 31 and 19. Jack, did you ever submit a pick'em? Jared, I humbly apologize for not submitting a pick'em. Well, I'll forgive you this time. I'll make I'll, a pick. I'll, I'll, I'll pick what I would have picked. I'll make I'll make them a pick FCS games and let them struggle with that. Uh. But uh, is there anything else in college football that we want to get into outside of SEC now? Did Jacob go 9-1? Yeah, Jacob did well. Nine? That's I, a miracle. I mean, he's, he's, Why do you he's, sound he's, so surprised, Alan? He's, he's still in the back, but he, he did not. Jacob, Jacob has come on this show and said he's terrible pick him before. So, like, I'm just I'm commenting on Pat back now. Or... Hey, don't look, don't look at the extra point playoff gauntlet, but uh, Jacob's in sole position in first place now. Really? He got a whopping Nine, 10 points in the second round. I'm in third, so I'm, I, I, I'm, I'm cool with that. Yeah, so that'll be fun. Fill out your extra point playoff gauntlet uh, championship series. A lot of cool superlatives I found in there. They're a lot of fun to pick. So make sure you fill those out before. Today is game two and game one. But uh, we can go into uh, college football as a whole. Uh yeah, the Big 12's dead. I don't know if you guys knew, but uh, it's gone. Uh, it is solely in possession of Iowa State now, I feel like, in my head. Uh, so go Cyclones. They can get a few um, non-conference geez. games. They can kill a different conference. That's true. That is true. Uh, I'm trying, I'm trying to well, uh, except the Sun Belt. They can't kill that's, the Sun Belt. Yeah, they, they can't. Uh, I guess the Sun against a black hole... The sun wins. That that was our scientific uh, experiment for 2020. Okay. I mean, okay. I, what? I thought it was a pretty good comparison. I thought it was good. I thought it was good. But clearly the only person allowed to make black hole of college football references are Jared and exclusively Jared. Yes. I copyrighted those. Can't take no, those. Didn't. Yeah, I did. You did. Check the patent. Yeah, and seasoned assist me. Yeah, check check the patent office. You know, can we just uh, Iowa State and Kansas State does lead the Big Twelve uh, at three and zero. Oklahoma State's at two and zero. Do you want to say that? Can we just laugh at the fact that I mean, look, I don't want to make fun of anybody because you know that's beneath me. I don't want. I don't want to do that. That's beneath you. Yeah, it's not beneath me. Fact... Who is it? I'll make fun of him. But who no, 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 who, Jared. Wait, who, no, who are we talking about? Jared, you were, I was just setting up to brutally make fun of Texas and you ruined it. No, who we're talking about? We're talking, about? we're talking about Texas? Yes. The fact that they've been back for like five years and they're still terrible. They are terrible. There are two quarterbacks wearing number 11 in Texas who suck. Kellen Mond and Sam Ellinger for that matter. So. Oh, Kellen Mond got a win though. No, because, because the fact is that people have been waiting for them to be, you know, take the next step since they were freshmen in college. That doesn't make them bad, though, Alex. I, I okay. Well, I can't stand. I mean, they're they're painfully average quarterbacks to me. Just say they're overrated, Jacob. You want to balance before this thing gets even more heated. That's exactly what I was gonna do. What? Go Braves, mix it up. The Braves are losing game one anyway, so it's all right. Oh, what? It's tough. Max Freed. They're losing. It's game his one. night. It's his night. Okay, whatever you Walker want. Walker Bueller. Can't pitch against this lineup. Okay. Say what you want. See y'all soon. See y'all soon. Kisses. <laughs> okay. 
Texas. I how, mean, tra- how trash are they, Alex? I, you know, Charlie Strong got fired from Texas after going one in three against Oklahoma. Tom Herman's currently one in four against Oklahoma. He has one win with uh, the iconic Dicker the Kicker line from Gus Johnson. We all remember that probably. But since then, I mean, it's the same problem, just on repeat. Everybody, I think everybody remembers that picture of C.D. Lamb from last year when he's surrounded by like five Texas defenders and he scored. Let's never forget that one. I mean, they're just – there's no excuse for them not being great. There are no major competitors within their own state, really. There aren't. I mean, A&M. I mean, yeah, but A&M's fight song is referring to Texas, the varsity team. As Jack let me know a few weeks ago about that, which I had no idea. But, I mean – even A&M, no matter what, it's difficult that for to say that A&M is really a competitor. Sure, A&M will get the scraps, maybe, but A&M is not the University of Texas. Well, I don't know. I mean, I don't know. I don't There's know. There's no I, excuse for them to be that bad on defense. Every They're in the Big 12. That's their excuse. But there, there still isn't. Cause no, that's their excuse. They're in the Big 12. High schools huh? in Texas can play defense. High schools in Texas play defense. They have defensive players. So I'm wondering. Yeah, but then when they get to the Big 12, right, it's like an RPG. They get like negative 30 to all their stats. Okay? That's how Big 12 defenses work. Right, of course. I mean, it's true. The Big 12 does not rely on defenses. That's why the Big 12 has always been trash when they play teams with good offenses and good defenses, right? The Big 12 is just a shootout waiting to happen. It's, we're going to play each other and score 60 points a game, but the moment we got to play another team, we realize, oh, we can't win a shootout because they actually have a good defense. Yeah. It's the crux. It's the crux. And until the conference itself gets better at defense, the Big 12 is not going to do anything. That's true. It's like the Pac-12 and not cannibalizing themselves. You know, they beat each other up, and then they realize... Oh, snap. If we beat each other up, we're not going to make the playoffs. That just saves them from embarrassment on a national stage because no one in the Pac-12 is good enough. Well, even if they got to, even if they got to the national stage, not like anybody knows what happened to them because they don't watch the games at night anyway. Exactly. So, I mean, we're getting to this point where you got the SEC, you got the ACC. I say ACC, I mean you have Clemson, right? Because, yeah, I picked Virginia Tech, okay? I'm not gonna. I'm not going to back down from that. I still think North Carolina's pretenders, okay? They're an imposter. And then you got... Uh, Sam Howell's pretty good. He's good, but that team is a lot more vulnerable than what a number five team should be. UNC being top five is fine. It is. I mean, because, you know, it's all top five, but then they're going to play Clemson. They're going to lose by 40. I really don't think they stand Just Just soon Sam Howell got... 250 yards passing on 18 completions. Which is amazing. Uh, Virginia Tech, the game was close up until like, well, the game was first a blowout, then it got close, and then it was a blowout again. Yeah, then Tech Tech had a 23-point third. Yeah. Uh, But, I mean, this is a Virginia Tech team that put up how many points? What was the final score, like 56-45? to 56-45. Wow, I don't remember watching the game, and I remember the score. Uh, but this is a Virginia Tech team that A, should not have been able to put up that many points, and B, I mean, like Alex was mentioning, they were missing 21 players, and I didn't even think it was going to be that close to begin with. 
Yeah. Uh, that's not a good indication for North Carolina that you had a team that was missing probably one-third to one-fourth of the roster, and they still put up 40-plus points on you. Uh, that that says a lot about your team. I don't know what North Carolina's schedule is, but I can't assume that it's going to be uh, easy uh, on, on, you know, from here on out. Uh, just taking a look at the ACC North Carolina schedule. They're 3-0, but they got to play Florida State, which they're favored by 10 right now. Then they got to play NC State. And then later on the season, they play Notre Dame and Miami back-to-back. Uh, Oof. Yeah. And then they end the season with West Carolina. Or Western Carolina, excuse me. So... I mean, there's there's at least three losses. I say at least. There's probably two to three losses on that schedule. Dang, dude. Yeah. I mean, I don't. That, there's no reason for me to believe that they're going to beat Notre Dame. They co- will compete against Miami. I don't think they'll beat them. And I think NC State is going to show them up. I really do. Because oh, that's, that, that's a big game. Yes. Hey, hey um, I'm a, I'm on the North Carolina hate train. Get Notre yeah, Dame at it. Replace yeah, Notre Dame with, with North Carolina, and I'm there. Yes, Alex. Uh, some somewhat breaking news. It's about the this Falcons. The, uh, the Atlanta Falcons. What? It's about the Falcons. Yeah, I was about to get there with their new with their oh. interim head coach. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. In that case, you got it. I just wanted to wrap up uh, college football before we went over to the NFL right quick. Yeah. Are we doing college football? I mean, there's not much else to be said. Yes. Auburn didn't play great. SEC's in turmoil. Big 12 sucks. Red River rivalry four overtimes. It was crazy. Ole Miss has a really good quarterback. Ole Miss has a really good quarterback. And Saban talked about how Ole Miss maybe knew their defensive schemes and plays. Conspiracy that time. was so, and then Lane, then Lane was like, "That's ridiculous." Hey, I'm just, I'm just saying, quarantine ain't doing Lane any favors. He looks, he looks exhausted. Don't we all? Thing is, though, you say that, but Lane has looked like that since he went to Florida Atlantic. Like I remember, he left Bama, and then he comes in and takes pressures with Florida Atlantic. You're like, wait, what happened to Lane? He's a uh... man. All right, let's head over to the NFL. Alex, I'll let you have that uh, breaking news about the Falcons' uh, head coaching situation. So, following the Falcons finally firing Dan Quinn probably two years too late, they have named defensive coordinator and former head coach of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Raheem Morris, their interim head coach. We finally did it. We are finally free. Now, is that a good hiring? I don't know because Raheem Morris' tenure in Tampa Bay was I mean, awful. But I mean, the way the way I look at it is, he was already a defensive coordinator. It's for interim basis. You're already zero five. You might as well shoot for the for the basement at this point. What is it? What is it? What what does it matter? Atlanta's defense was arguably their worst uh, part of the team. When you name an interim head coach, it's not it's not that he's there to win. Although I mean, he's going to try to win because he wants to put his hat in there for next head coach, right? But yeah. it's more of I gotta put somebody in there that the players like and rally around so they don't leave. That's fair. So That's fair. he's probably if if we if we Google Raheem uh Morris, uh yeah. it's probably that he's a player's coach. 
and that's probably why he's there. Right, now. it's probably why he's the interim head coach right now. That's true. He was he was in Washington as a defensive backs coach when he left. A lot of uh, players were upset about it. So that's good so. Point. There you go. He's a player's coach. They need somebody to rally around. If they're going to be bad, or at least going to be bad around this guy we like, not a yeah, guy we dislike. They're going to get the first pick in the draft. They'll at least do it, you know, while being happy. But the big news is Dan Quinn, the nightmare in Atlanta, is over. Because it took Teddy Two Gloves and the Carolina Panthers to end Dan Quinn's tenure in Atlanta. From the collapse in Super Bowl to every other major Atlanta collapse from there on out, the nightmare is over. I mean, he was so terrible. It really is kind of crazy they didn't fire him already. Like, the moment I saw a tweet, and it was AtlantaFalcons.com, so the official Atlanta Falcons website, right? They put out an article talking about how players were, like, defending their head coach. And I was like, if the official Falcons page is putting out quotes about players defending their head coach, he's in trouble. Yeah. And boom, I, there it was. I mean, it, Falcons are probably going to throw a parade. I would. I'd throw a parade right now. I don't even like the Falcons. I mean, this guy cost them a Super Bowl and then has wasted the rest of Julio Jones's career with the Falcons. So I really don't think he's going to stay. And I mean, Matt Ryan is 35 years old, I think. So yeah, which is why is nearly over. Which is why I was like, you know, I know Matt Matt Ryan. That offense is still. This is the first game where they weren't that effective on offense, yeah. right? Also, which, which, which I think first before I get into it, I want to say, even though they didn't have Julio Jones, the Panthers did such a great job at holding down that Falcons offense, which still has a lot of weapons on it, even without Julio Jones. So credit to the Panthers, right? I know we like to say, ha-ha, Falcons ineptitude cost them the game, but give credit to the Panthers' defense for shutting down a lot of weapons, such as your Calvin Ridley's, Matt Rob was able to do much, they got uh, Todd Gurley. I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of weapons on that team, and the Panthers did a really good job. The Panthers have really impressed me in the first five weeks of the season. And honestly, I mean, they, they really should be 4-1 because I really do believe they could have beat the Raiders. But uh, I think the Panthers have played very well in the beginning of the season. And, I mean, don't look now, but I'm not going to say anything. I don't want to curse them or anything like that. So, But the only thing about Dan Quinn's firing is that it's kind of a disgrace that Adam Gase wasn't the first to go and Dan Quinn was. Yeah. Commander Adam Gase, you mean? Because I don't know how Adam Gase still has a job. That dude is that dude is certified, uh, certifiably buns, okay? You know, he has uh, <laughs> more double-digit losses than he has actual wins. There. That, does... that stat by himself should get you fired. Like, how does that really happen? Oh, I think we should also point out <laughs> that Falcons also fired their GM in the, in the same, in, on the oh, same yeah. day. That's tough. So, not only did Dan Quinn get fired, he took somebody down with him. Which honestly, that's probably the Falcons' first win of the season. If we're being, we just got beat by a backup running back. Yeah. Uh, but Adam Gase still the job. Dan Quinn does not. So, if you had all your money on Dan Quinn being the first one to go, not Adam Gase, congratulations, you just won some money. Uh. 
big news yesterday. Obviously, it was Dak Prescott going down for the Cowboys. That was tough. Watched it live. Uh, that wasn't great. Uh, I thought should, the craziest thing was the should, moment he gets hurt, like they zoomed in on he's it. Clearly, he's clearly in shock because then he like picks up his leg and stomps it on the ground as if he thinks he's gonna like put it back into place. And I was like, "That's a blitz the league type stuff right there." I've seen that before. Hey, Tony Romo said it was just a cramp. That's a street ball move. Wait, wait, did, did Romo actually say that? No. To, he, at, before I went to commercial, Tony Romo said, like, we're hoping this is just a cramp. Because, like, at that point, he had just gone down and grabbed his head. Oh, like, there was, like, no shot of it? I mean, not when they came back from commercial, there was. Oh, but, like, before that, Romo probably hadn't seen anything. Yeah. Tony, Tony Romo had, like, a Vietnam flashback because <laughs> of all the fires that happened to him in that stadium. I, I could have swore they played an instant replay before they went to commercial, but maybe I w- I'm getting my timeline mixed up. I, like, I, I, thought, I thought it was clear live the second he yeah, did it. I like, remember Roman, Roman's first reaction to it was, we're hoping this is just a cram. Because he, from, from a lot, from, probably from his angle, he just saw him go down and grab his ankle. But honestly, I'm, I'm sure him, I'm sure Dak stomping his leg on the ground probably made it a bit more confusing. You know, he did grab not. his calf, too. He grabbed his calf, too, and he – yeah. In that case, we'll give Roman the pass on that one. They uh, they they zoomed in on it, and I was like, either his 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 shoe has come off, his right, shoe or uh, his ankle is not in the right place. Yeah, and uh, got it. It, it could have happened to a better. It, it like. What? So I, ha- I have an I have an update on it. Apparently, yeah. So, um, initial reports in Dallas compared it to the injury to Alex Smith a few uh, Don't tell me that. years ago. Don't tell me which, that. that comparison is not accurate, but that's beside the point. Um, but they were able to they were able to do surgery immediately to minimize the chance of infection, which is a very common thing with a compound fracture, which is what that was. And Dak is going to be released today. Is Alex yeah. in kinesiology? Wow. So that that was that was actually an update from my grandparents who were in Dallas. Released from the hospital. Yeah, that's that's what they said. Which, is, that, is that them right now releasing them? I can hear them. <laughs> um, I mean, that's what they said, and I'm not sure about that one, but that they could release them if they went in and realized it wasn't as serious as it was. I mean, the only reason why it's probably compared to Alex Smith was because of the compound fracture. Because I don't think you see you don't see that a lot in the NFL. Yeah, they're yeah, not gonna say Gordon Hayward because that's a totally different league. And the fact that Alex Smith. Literally came back to the NFL on the same day. Alex Smith took all the power away. But and, uh, when, when it's, like, it's like it's it's one injury that as soon as someone gets over it, it gets passed to someone else. That's, yeah, it's like it's like that movie It Follows, but we won't talk about the, we won't talk about the plot of that movie because I don't think it's I don't think it's radio safe or TV it's safe. Always, it's always in the NFC East as well. That that's true. I mean, for me, it was just I I thought it was, Alex Smith's injury was. He like split his leg in half at the tibia and fibula, but I mean, I think Dak will probably be back in a year. But you know, now all the arguments are about the fact that he didn't sign that five-year contract. You know, hopefully, I mean, Jerry Jones and and Dak go to the table and they're like, all right, let's get this deal done. When Dak went, by the time Dak went down, right, he yeah. was stats-wise, okay, the best quarterback in the NFL. I mean, the man led almost every category. He was first in passing. He was first in touchdowns, right? I know, like, we think, well, was it Russell Wilson in first place? No. Dak Prescott was in first place in a lot of categories in the NFL. He wasn't first in touchdowns, Jared. He was close. 
uh, I'm trying to remember the graphic. There was four stats where he was first place. One of them, he was tied first place. I mean, Dak Prescott was playing at one of the highest level. He was one of the best quarterbacks, if not the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Once again, stats-wise, because you can make the argument that you can pass all you want to, but if your team's not really good, how good are you at the quarterback? That's neither here nor there. But Dak Prescott deserves to be paid. That probably changes with the injury now, unfortunately. Like, that's just kind of like the reality situation that he's probably going to get less money now. But the man deserves the contract. If the Cowboys let him walk, right, and I know there's going to be, like, injury concerns that he's not going to be the same when he comes back, but who's better than Dak Prescott that, I mean, I believe Dak Prescott will be a better quarterback after this injury than any quarterback you find in the draft because you're not getting Trevor Lawrence. Unless you're really just going to, you know, go for the tank at this point. And Andy Dalton, Red Rocket over here, looking like he turned back time about five years in that last drive. Cause he was throwing darts. The human pumpkin spice latte will be serviceable for now. So, I mean, the, the Cowboys look okay for right now. The defense needs to get healthy, but they're in the NFC East, which means they're always in the driver's seat to win. I can't, uh, let's I can't see the, e- the Eagles lost, the team lost, and Giants lost. Is that the Cowboys in first? I believe, yes, the Cowboys are in first. Go, boys. Uh, Go, boys. So they'll make it, hopefully. They gotta keep on the Speaking trajectory. of first place in the division. Teddy Two Gloves and the Carolina Panthers marched into Mercedes-Benz Stadium and did what no Panthers team, Cam Newton or otherwise, has been able to do in the last five tries, which is beat the Falcons at home. Panthers going 14-2. and two. Well, the, 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 the Panthers do have a, a five-run gauntlet that's, that's pretty uh, – that's going to decide the season pretty much. When you got to play the Bears at home, which I know we think about the Bears, but um, uh, the Saints inside uh, Mercedes-Benz, the Dome version, oh, or I say the, the Super Dome version. Maybe the Saints players will stop fighting with each other by then. Uh, they play the Falcons again and what will be, I guess, the Falcons Revenge Tour or the Falcons Celebration Tour, depending on how you look at it. Uh, then they play the Chiefs and the Bucks. So... Uh, okay, thirteen and three. Yeah, I, I see four and one in that stretch, Jared. Wait, who's the loss? You will uh, find out. Well, I mean, that's a probability game. It, it could be anybody. Infinite well, possibilities, Jared. Don't don't start that with me right now. I think it's not okay. <laughs> the Panthers have beaten a host of below-average teams, and are like, all right, y'all, oh, we're going. On. Oh my God, Alex, you defended Dwayne Haskins. Religiously oh, no. for the you're past three talk, weeks, I want to hear you're, anything you're from talk you. Crap about Kyler Murray. Um, I mean, and Hunter Henry. But lately, it's Eric not, it's, 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 First of all, it's, it's Kyle Allen. Okay, Alex, what's up, down on Kyle Allen? Uh, no, he just got a concussion. They don't want to put him back in and risk it because the offensive line could not block. So putting you know Alex Smith with his surgically repaired leg was you know what? apparently a better. It was. I feel so yeah, bad. Aaron Donald said. Who and just killed him. That's true, but he that got was, up. So that's that was all brutal. 
Like, um, you see him on the sideline. He said, he, "Damn, he has a strong leg." <laughs> Any, uh, he said he enjoyed the first hit, but the second one didn't feel as good. Is Alex Smith a masochist? No, it was just his first football contact in 693 days. Okay, yeah, but you still want to get freaking destroyed by Aaron Donald? You have fun doing I that? I mean, if football is your livelihood and you don't get to really play it and that's part of the game, then I mean, honestly. I need my CTE. Mm, let me get some of that CTE. I think if we're going to talk about poor offensive line play, we have to bring up the Cincinnati Bengals. Wait, first, I just want to say, I kind of feel bad about last week because I talked about how Kyle Allen will be added to the – Washington graveyard of quarterbacks, and he literally got knocked out of the game. They they almost lowered him into the grave by the time the the first half rolled around. However, so. we should we should. However, I mean, it just gives an opportunity to see Alex Smith on the field, which you know he will win comeback player of the year, or at least he should. Even though he, he probably won't play nearly will as good as other people coming back from injury. What about Teddy Bridgewater? Yeah. What about Teddy? I mean, I mean, Alex, you're biased. Davis, <laughs> do you need to see the photos of his injury? I just want to say Teddy Ridgewater also got a knee injury. Hey, so. I just want to let you know, Alex. There's more than one criteria for comeback player of the year than just coming back. You actually have and to also do- playing for the football team. So, <laughs> yeah, he, he's already at a disadvantage. He shouldn't have his leg. You don't understand it. The fact that he's playing. Wait, 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 Alex. Alex, does he have his leg? Yes, but oh, there you go. Th- that's ridiculous, and you know it is. Look, I love Alex Smith. I do too. But he didn't win. That's facts. Doesn't matter. He didn't even play that good. He won the game of life because you know why? When he took the field and they showed his wife and his two sons and his daughter cheering, he already won the game. Indeed. He did. But he didn't win he didn't win it stats wise. No, absolutely. Teddy Bridgewater won stats wise. Teddy yeah. Bridgewater has three wins. Teddy Bridgewater will be a comeback player of the year. That's facts. Alex Smith will be the comeback player of the year in my heart. But not the, according to the NFL. Nah, he'll win it. He technically did come back, but at what cost? What? Exactly. He played bad, is my point. At what cost? First, the team played bad. Uh, <sighs> Speaking of playing bad, the Cincinnati Bengals. There we go. Man, they suck. Uh, There's no their, offensive li- their offensive line better be buying Joe Burrow's meals because poor guy. There's also news about uh AJ Green. There's just rumors right now. I don't think anything's confirmed, but uh he wants out of Cincinnati. They're just rumors, just rumors, just rumors. But he definitely does. Did you see how he just let passes go by him? He just took business decisions. I mean, I'd be upset too. I mean, AJ Green's probably in a I wanna win somewhere now scenario. And I don't know what his contract situation is in Cincinnati right now, but he wants out. So, I mean, if you're the Bengals, A.J. Green could probably fit you a second-round pick at least, right? I mean, it sucks. Bill O'Brien's not a GM anywhere, so you can't offer up a King's Ransom, right? But you can probably get something from him. You can probably see if they can uh, get Cleveland to botch the paperwork. Yeah. Uh but the Bengals' offensive line, atrocious. Joe Burrow's going to have PTSD eventually at some point. Joe Burrow um, has an interception, quote-unquote, on his stat sheet that should not be there. Um, he also threw the ball to a receiver who immediately dropped it, and the Ravens had a scoop and score. 
leading rusher was Joe Mixon, 60 yards on 24 carries. Ouch. It's bad. You know, last week he scored 40 points on me in fantasy, and then he decides to suck next week. As the life is in fantasy, you know? Mark Ingram had the same number of rushing yards with half the carries. Big trust. And I think the, it's basically the air of again now. Uh, and some other big news, and Jack kind of mentioned it. Monday Night Football tonight is Chargers Saints. Michael Thomas isn't playing because uh, he decked somebody in the face during practice. So that's fun stuff. The Saints are two and two, and it seems like having a little bit of scuffles here and there inside the organization. And hey, we have Tuesday Night Football too. Okay, you get ready for Bills Titans on Tuesday on CBS. So is that is that the last matchup of undefeated teams this season? Who's still undefeated? The Seahawks. The Seahawks are undefeated. Yeah. Seahawks and the, Seahawks and the Steelers. So unless the Seahawks and the Packers play later, this might be our last undefeated bowl. Probably. No, no. The winner of this game could go on to play the Steelers, I reckon. So this might be the last. Uh, oh wait, 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 the Seahawks do play the Bills in a couple of weeks, so the Bills oh. get out of here and keep on going. Don't look now, but uh, the Seahawks may run the table and go undefeated the way they're playing because they don't have they don't have many other tough games left. It's crazy because as as probably the most consistently successful team in the NFC in the past 10 years, the fact that they have never started 5-0 and is mind-blowing to me. It really is. Yeah. I don't think they'll go undefeated, though, because I, I really don't think they'll they'll beat the Bills. I really don't. I mean, All right. I'll go ahead. I mean, it makes sense <laughs> because, because big teams, Super Bowl teams, they get thrown into, like, primetime great games every season. Yeah, it, uh, well, at the beginning at the beginning of the season, and then if you're in first, you're playing other first place teams from around the conference. So it makes sense, I guess, but it's just kind of a weird statistical anomaly. And then on top of that, we had the Steelers, who are four and zero for the first time since 1979. Yeah, that's like and really Perry the Steelers four and zero, like like probably yeah, one of the three most successful AFC teams of all time, like six the sixth Lombardi Trophy Steelers. All right, so because we have like four minutes to go until I got to hop over to another call. Uh, MLB playoffs. Oh, boy. Brace fans, be ready because, oh, well, we'll see. Uh, But the Braves and the Dodgers kick off, I say kick off, have first pitch today as they get their series going. And the Rays, they got a 2-1 victory over the Astros. Screw the Astros. Is this game at night, man? I'm tired of. Which this game? Braves game? Braves game? This Braves game while the yeah, sun's still up. Win? 708 starts. Oh, thank God. You got uh, 307 start center time for Rays and 807 start for the Braves. So I'm just saying, if, if the Rays keep wearing the powder blues and the Stingray hats, I don't think anybody's beating them. Well, we'll see. Uh, make sure you fill out your extra point playoff gauntlet uh, pick them brackets. Uh, you'll be able to pick the games and a lot of superlatives. There's team superlatives. There's uh, series superlatives. 
Uh, it's just general superlatives for the championship series in general. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. But uh, just want to end off the show saying uh, good luck to the Braves. Make Atlanta proud because you're literally the only team left that can do it. Uh, and just don't just don't choke it away. Uh, for the Rays, beat the Astros. I hate beat the Astros. Beat the Astros so that the Dodgers don't have any motivation to get to the World Series. Yeah, I... I don't. I don't know if Major League Baseball can survive an Astros Dodgers World Series during a pandemic, because that yeah. that that just. If that'd, Hollywood... be a, that'd be a great season finale of the past four years of baseball finally coming to a head. But yeah, I think it would suck. If 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 what I believe is true, and Hollywood writes all the scripts for sports, like the Lakers ending the season as champions. If Hollywood's writing the script, it's going to be Astros Dodgers, but I guess we'll see at the end of the day. So that does it for the show today. Thank you guys for joining me on the program. Uh, it's been a lot of fun. I'm gonna go hop onto the other call right quick, and then I gotta figure out what's wrong with my internet because it's been shoddy all morning. But that does it for the show today. Alex, you're gonna say something? I just said good luck with the internet. Oh well. You too, Davis. Good yeah, luck you, with the yeah, internet. You, you too, yeah, Davis. Oh, Good oh, luck oh. with the internet. We need, we, need your, we need your war zone back. So talk. That's ridiculous. But, I'm serious. I mean, it's been out since Thursday. I called him about They went, we'll fix it soon. All right. Well, go ahead and call him after this show. For I will. Jacob- I'll call him, but it's a robot lady. so. No, it's Alexa. For Jacob Hillman, Alex Houston, Davis Carroll, and Jack Hart, I'm Jared Dotan. Thank you for joining us on Extra Point here on WGL 911 and WGLFM.com.